Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. And Andy, you've written a full list of the bits that you like today. Well, I, I did. I, we had a little chat at the start of the show. We had our regular Wednesday visit to Mike Parry. I really look forward to that. He's full balmy form. Uh, our road trip, last day in Russia, that was good. Luke Kempner, he was he on was form, good. wasn't he? He was good, yeah. And very good. Steve Bruce, of course. It's, it was episode 34, was it? I think Could it like be that. 35? And, uh, <laughs> and a little bit from Mike Ward on tonight's telly. But he's always amusing, Mike, as well. So hopefully you'll enjoy all that. That's right. Anyway, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, I'll start with a letter from, uh, I think he's the cricket writer, Murray Hedgecock. He writes to the uh, Times today. And he, he's talking about Ian Chappell. We talked about this on the show, about Ian Chappell's ideas to allow ball tampering. Yeah. And, this, you know, some people have said it's a good idea. Some people haven't. But he thinks, this is what he says, the task of shining the ball could be handed in international cricket to the on-field umpires. You think, really? I can see Aleem Dahl with a bit of sandpaper in his pocket. He's not going to go at the ball. <laughs> That can't a bit work, weird. surely. <laughs> I know. I can't see that. Oh, what drama last night here at oh, yeah. uh, the Chiswick <laughs> ping pong rally yeah. situation. Mm. Uh, yes, I, we had to go to VAR for the first time. I was telling you last night. Wow, Paul, yeah. We were... We were chasing a record of 747, which we set last Friday night, and we got nowhere near it up to that point. But my wife's become so into it, we had to do two sessions. She said, let's do a session after the show. And then I, so we did that for about 25 minutes. Then I had a bit of a rest. And then she said, come on, let's have another 25 minutes. She's really gone bonkers. She wow. said, we've got to break the record. So anyway, so we're going along, and three times she put the ball into the net in the 600s. 606, I wasn't very happy with it. Yeah, and we went out on six. 63, and then she suddenly said to me, I think you've miscounted there. I think there's another 100 to go on. So I went back to the tape, counted all the shots. Sockley Park, does that. he do it? Does, <laughs> I think he does. Does Sockley monitor it all? <laughs> it was incredible. Because the, the counting is really, really important. Because if you miscount, you generally follow it with a rubbish shot because your whole concentration goes. You think, yeah, oh, of course. that 80? Yeah. Was that 70? Yeah. So, you know, anyway, so unfortunately, we, we did break the record. But it felt hollow. It felt like a goal awarded three minutes later by Graham Scott at Stockley Park. It just had, it wasn't the same as breaking the record. So, uh, yeah. but it, they all count. 
So uh, fair enough, really. Um, nice touch from the Mayrick Park Golf Course in near Bournemouth. They put they've reopening today, like a lot of clubs. They put NHS flags in all eighteen holes. I thought, what a nice touch that was. Mm. So well done to them. You're not allowed to touch them, though. Are you not allowed to take touch well, the flag? Uh, no. the flag posts. Well, you can look at them. <laughs> no, I suppose <laughs> that's look true. At them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned no looking at the flag mm. and. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you, it's interesting if you get your family involved, if you're a footballer. I'm not always sure it's a good idea. Adrian Rabio of Juventus. Yeah. You see, his agent is his mum. Oh, I think that was, we've known sure. that for a long time. We used to talk to, to yes. Julianne and Andy Brassel about that. She's been his agent all for years. She's quite, she's quite a hard taskmaster, apparently. They're all scared <laughs> of her sure. when she goes in for the meetings. <laughs> I, but I don't think she's done him a lot of favours, her client, a lot of favours. I mean, he's uh, one of the f- only, I think, uh, Juventus players to refuse a deferral when everybody right. else has. And now he's saying he doesn't really want to come back. So he, he sort of refused to return. And I'm, I'm, Mum, have a word with him. I don't think that's a good idea, really. You know, otherwise he, it makes it very hard for him to, to go back, doesn't it? If he's yeah. the only one. No wonder he doesn't want to go back. If you're the only one that hasn't had a wage deferment, the others are going to look at you, aren't they? I think, hmm. You know, so not not ideal. Um, what is it called when you when your name fits your job? Nominative determinism, isn't it? I think that's the, okay, uh, right, the expression. Okay, right. Thank you very much. Uh, I was reading about this weather forecaster in the star today, Brian Gaze. Brian Gaze into the future, as he's known. It's a okay. great name, isn't it, for a weather forecaster? It, a weather, I suppose, yeah. I suppose, yeah, it is, really. Yeah, that's true. So we could ask people, have you, got a, have you got a name that suits your job? Or, you know, that sort of idea. I don't suppose anybody will. I thought no. I'd put it out there. Fantastic. You haven't uh, quite got the hang of this house party yet, have you, Andy? No, no. I, keep, you keep I keep seeing it. pictures of your granddaughter. I keep thinking I'm working with her. I'd probably get more sense out of her. Andy, Andy's got a mug with his granddaughter's face on, yeah. so he, he constantly puts it in front of his phone where he's got house party. So we're trying to kind of talk to each other and wave. Yeah. Believe it or not, there is a system to us not constantly <laughs> crashing each other when we speak to guests, which I mean, there is a slight delay on it. So we thought house party was the best way to go. But uh, it yeah, does help if bad. I can see your face and indeed your hands. Here I am. <laughs> what a face. Cool. Now, I said to you just before the show started, on Sunday I was chatting to, uh, he doesn't really want me to say his name, so it'll remain anonymous, but okay. a, a friend, friend of friend, we have a sort of men's chat every Sunday afternoon. There's about 10 nice. of us or something. On it's the like Zoom. loose men, is, is it? it? Loose, like loose men. men. That's not a bad brilliant show, description, it? Paul. Yeah. That's a brilliant description. That's exactly what it is. And uh, this gentleman said his name there, but I'm a better scrub it out. Yeah. He, I would say, boasts the proudest record of any fan. He's not a journalist. Mm. He's purely a fan. Right. And he was at the 1966 World Cup final yeah. when England won it. He was mm. age 15. He was at the 2003 Rugby World Cup final in Australia when England won it. Yeah. And of course, he was at Lords last year for the. 2019 World Cup. I mean, how many people could say yeah. they've been to all of England's World Cup wins and throw in Andy Murray's two wins at Wimbledon? I think you'd say this bloke could be the fan yeah. of all time. He's got I a mean, few quid by the sound of it, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> that helps. I think that helps. That does help. I think yeah, that helps. If you work on the bins, that. those sort of windows don't tend, tend to open for you, of course, do they really? It's very, very true. Yeah. But still remarkable, I think. I, I, I thought I'm, not many people could equal that or top it. I mean, obviously, Motti could, but, you know. Yeah. He's a okay, slightly different. He's worth doesn't really count. Yeah. So, coming so anyway, up. If, you, uh, if you're better than that. Yeah, if you think you can beat that in terms of, uh, if you're minted as well, do let us know. Talksport.com, <laughs> text 81089, tweet TSH&J. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport.
Good afternoon, Paul Hawksman, Andy Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. Now, much like yourselves, we like to look in on an old chum uh, every Wednesday. We try and keep it the same time, keep the pattern the same for him. And so here he is again, life in lockdown for Mr. Mike Parry. Good afternoon, Mike. Hello, guys. Thanks very much for uh, checking in on uh, Porky <laughs> Towers and uh, what's going on around here. And talking about Porky Towers, by the way, fellas, before I tell you about my brain helmet, OK, which is a, a very, very serious advance. Um, is, yeah. you, you guys don't often take me seriously, you know. Uh, a very, very serious <laughs> no, advance we do. In, uh, in, in mental health. But uh, Porky Towers is on the edge of the uh, North Downs, and mm. I can see part of Epsom Racecourse from here, OK? Mm. So you've all been reading the stories this week about, you know, will the Derby go ahead. If it does, will it be in July? And will they, in fact, erect fences all around um, the race course? You know, the uh, the Epsom race course, which would be a huge job because it's massive. I mean, you know, it, 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 but I, I've got a I've got a new plan because I can see half of the race course. That's okay. It's a bit like having one of those apartments overlooking the Oval in St John's Wood. You know mm. what I mean? You can see sort of half the, Lords, the yeah. uh, arena. But uh, what did I say? No, Lord, you're right, St. Yeah, John's Wood, Lords, that's right. Yeah, yeah you were yeah, right, Mike. Yeah, Lords, sorry, yeah, yeah, you said the Oval. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, well, sorry, you said sorry, the Oval. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, they're pretty close to each other. Um, <laughs> no, no, we know, we know what you mean. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway, the point I make this, fellas, yeah. I've come up with an even better idea, and that is, would, there can't be any restrictions, can there, on somebody wanting to hire a hot air balloon? to float over Epsom Racecourse on the day of the derby, can they? Well, I'd, I'd look into it, Mike. I wouldn't just do it. We don't you being shot down by an ACAC gun or something, the last remaining one that's maybe still there, or some, some bloke with a Lionel Jeffries with a blunderbuss in the garden. So I'd be, I'd be careful. Don't worry, I had a mate at the Daily Express. He mm. failed as a journalist eventually. We all do. We all fail. Look at me. I ended up in radio, didn't I? Um, <laughs> but he uh, he failed. And he started a hot air balloon um, company. And he always used to tell me about, yo, you can go up to 400 feet and there's no restrictions and all that. It didn't end well for him because he crashed into some power lines. But uh, nevertheless, he was a, a big advocate of... Um, right? Is he all right, Mike? Or is he, did, was, it, was it bad or...? I, I, I don't know. I kind of lost interest in him after. He wasn't going to be much use to me after that, was he? Yeah. Really? No, but, I speak, but, yeah, wow. Anyway, it's a bit dark. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so, so, so that's my plan. And, and actually, I think it's such a brilliant plan. I can't imagine why uh, nobody else has thought about it yet. Surely, yeah. some of the great sporting events that are going to happen behind locked doors in football grounds and race courses, maybe even the Formula One. I mean, Formula One, if that takes place, if the British Grand Prix takes place behind closed doors, surely a hot air balloon floating above the, the track would be magnificent, wouldn't it? Because well, I mean, the thing a... is, if, if other people have had the same idea as you and so over yeah. Silverstone or whatever, or uh, yeah. or maybe over a football stadium somewhere, over Goodison, yeah. there's 15 hot air balloons watching them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, sound, that sounds dangerous. I mean, especially if it's like somewhere like Fulham or QPR or Brentford, I, you could be, I, take I, out I a jumbo jet. I mean, it's not a great idea, is it? Well, I think it is, because surely we've all been going down a motorway into the West Country sometime, and we've seen these conventions where all these hot air balloons go up, all sorts yeah. of shapes, you know. And and if you're talking about uh, Silverstone, I mean, the track itself is three miles long, and so the, the square mileage of the course is about sort of 25 square miles. I think it's great. But anyway, look, that's for another time, fellas. Yes. The, um, now, the brain helmet, um, yeah. I'm not joking, this is something I discovered in one of my scientific journals, hmm. and 
for years, the Americans have been trying to um, work on a helmet they could put onto prisoners' heads and then read the thoughts inside the brain of the prisoner. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you capture some, you know, really horrible terrorist and all like You put the brain cap on his head and then the screen comes up and all of a sudden all his brain thoughts go into words. You can tell what he's thinking. That would have cost about... A hundred million dollars um, oh. a cap because they're very expensive. Some yeah. brilliant uh, scientist in America has devised one that's down to a million dollars, and they will start selling them commercially. And people will wear them whilst they're working. And so, for instance, supposing I was sitting here one night, decided I want to put a tweet out. Okay, what you do is you put on your brain cap, and your brain cap regulates your own brain and disciplines it. So as you're thinking, and if you sort of get your tweet a bit wrong, your brain cap, I'm not joking, will send you, like, signals saying, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's like, what do you call those things that correct type when you're typing stuff and all that? Well, it corrects mm. the, yeah. the autocorrect. in your brain. So it, it would auto so I mean, Mike, I think you should definitely invest because you've got a bit of previous yeah. in this area. Yeah. You should have had one years ago, really, let's be honest. <laughs> would have saved you a hell of a lot of trouble. So, it would. It's a bit hard, fellas, but I have to admit, it, uh, it, it would have been timely had it come along a couple of decades ago, certainly. Yeah, um, it's true. Anyway, listen, fellas, what I'll tell you, the hogweed thing, right? Hogweed yeah, thing now this is dangerous, the hogweed, Mike, isn't it? It's, because, it's proving a real problem. Well, the, first of all, we had to deal with the Japanese one. I can't remember what it's called, but it used to get under your fence and uproot your fence and all that kind of stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. Used, yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to grow alongside railway tracks. And then, of course, as land got scarcer, they were building housing estates up to railway tracks. And then it was coming under your, your fence. And, and into I think it was just called Japanese hogweed. So I think it was I pretty... Not weed, I think it was, wasn't it? Not weed. Oh, did not I say hogweed? Well, Japanese knotweed. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Japanese sorry. knotweed. Now, yeah, yeah. now that, that was bad for structural... Uh, development. Do you see what I mean? It would undermine foundations and all that. Mm. But the hogweed is, is probably even more dangerous. The, the giant hogweed, which has secured a foothold across the country, my, um, my friends in the botanical business tell me this, yeah. and it's actually very poisonous. If you get it on your skin, it causes blisters. Mm. Uh, if it gets into your eyes, believe it or not, it can cause blindness. It's a, it's a very serious problem. And it's taking over big areas of the country and we don't seem to have an answer to it. So here in Stockbroker Belt Story, we're very, very concerned about it. Um, you know, if children, this is quite serious, children rush into the bushes and think yeah. they're going to recover the ball or something like that, and they rush into the hogweed. So it's a major problem. I mean, I know we're fighting a huge battle at the moment against coronavirus, but when coronavirus is done with, we've got to um, turn our attention to all these other problems which are still there. They haven't gone away, you know what no, I mean? indeed. And, yeah. and, 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 yeah, and the whole week, I mean, the thing is, our, um, our freedoms are being curtailed by nature. For instance, when I used to work, uh, sorry, not work, <laughs> still work sometimes, when I used to walk about 35 miles a week, Wow. A lot of that was in Stockbroker Belt, sorry, but I had to curtail that because of the fear of getting Lyme disease. Because Lyme disease is carried around in ticks which uh, live on the backs of deers, and mm. there's a lot of deer around here. And so, if I can't walk around because I might get Lyme disease and I might get attacked by giant hogweed, you know, which could uh, potentially blind you, yeah. then our freedoms to move within the country are being curtailed, and we've got to do something about it, in my view. Indeed, Mike. I see. I've been looking, checking you out on Twitter. I keep an eye on you on social yeah. media. And I see this week among your um, movie watching, 
was uh, the eagle has landed. You took that yeah. in this week, Mike. Is oh, that yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I love that film because I love the book. The book was written by Jack Higgins, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, except his name wasn't Jack Higgins, was it? It was uh, something else, and he called himself Jack Higgins to write the books. But I don't know if you guys have ever read it, but the opening preface of the book mm. makes it sound like it's a true story because Jack Higgins, the author, says he's wandering through a, um, a, a graveyard, a church, you know, graveyard uh, in Shropshire or something like this, you know, whatever. No, sorry, over in Norfolk. Uh, over yeah. in Norfolk. And he uncovered um, a gravestone which actually had a dedication to all these dead Polish soldiers, you know what I mean? Mm. So he went off to find what's the story behind this. So for years, people thought it was a true story. In fact, it wasn't a true story, but it was a great story. And I have to say, I thought Michael Caine, as the Honourable German Commandant, was magnificent. Because I think, whenever I see Michael Caine on telly, I always start singing, What's it all about? LT because that's the only <laughs> film I, I rated him in. Uh, oh, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't think he was any good in anything else except um, <laughs> for The Eagle Has Landed, you know. Which, <laughs> which, which is a bit all of his career. He's very good in Hannah and her sisters. He's very good in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Get Carter. I mean, we could be here for hours. Just, Mike, one thing. Um, Jack yeah. Higgins' oh, pen name. I looked it up. He was great in Zulu. He's very good in See, you're, Already we've come up with about eight yeah. films that he's brilliant in. And we could, um, Jack Higgins, Jack Higgins, the writer. It's an interesting pen name because his real name, as you pointed out, is not Jack Higgins. It's Henry Patterson. Which is not that bad a pen name. Would no, that put you off? No. Yeah. Well, no. I, I, I tell you what, I'd, I'd rather be uh, Henry Patterson than Jack Higgins. Okay. Not, not, thank you. About, Jack was right. Go on. What about Henry Higgins? Well, him, that's different. Henry that's, uh, my that's, Fair Lady. My Fair Lady. That's right. You bet Michael Caine yeah. wasn't in that, was he? He'd have been, though. He'd been very good in it if he was. Um, I, I, bet, uh, I bet Jack Higgins had never heard of a former Fleet Street colleague of mine, Stuart Higgins, when he took oh, yeah. that name on. A right, uh, you know, a right tabloid louse. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Good afternoon, Stuart. Um, now, Mike, just very quickly, we, we, we're yeah. looking on you once a week at the moment yeah. uh, to hear yeah. about brain helmets and hogweed. Um, yeah. Uh, but you, you've been looking out for people as well. I understand you're sending, putting little postcards out there to cheer people up in lockdown, Mike. I, I am indeed. Um, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, I was going to have a show, a live show, before all this happened, OK? Yeah. And um, we got it all done. And then from that, we were going to go on a series of shows around the country. We had mm. it all set up. We were going to go to various locations that we've been to before. The Midlands, when I say we, I'm talking about life on planet Porky. So that's not been on the road before. You know, I've yeah. been previously on the road, uh, two mics and all that kind of stuff. And we've got enough locations. So what happened was, uh, my artist, is a guy called Steve, who's a terrific guy, does all the artwork for me, had drawn up um, a package of stuff for promoting it and including 500 postcards, which would have gone to everybody who bought a ticket. You see what I mean? Yeah. Automatically. Well... That didn't happen. The, the, the opening show was going to be at the Hen and Chickens in London at Highbury Corner, which were, it is a very small theatre, but it's a beautiful theatre, lovely theatre, and that's where you try all your material out before you go on the road, you know, mm. and go to the various venues. So, of course, it didn't happen. So we were left with um, a pile of 500 postcards, and I just simply thought, you know, what's, what's the point? People might like... So I just put out a message saying, if you'd like a card from Planet Porky, let me know. I got a... 
absolutely 100% response. They've all gone out. And I want to say a big thank you to all the people who took the time to uh, send me a picture of their, po- of their postcard and, and respond to me. And I'm glad I brought just a, a little glimmer of light into people's lives. They've certainly brought a, a glimmer of light into mine. Well, we'll leave you to track down the bloke the first-class who... stamp. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, they, all went with it. they did all go with the first-class stamp, by the way. Perfect. Because, you know, again, you've got to pay tribute to the postman, haven't you? For getting have their job. You know, they, they see so many people in the run of their working day, and they're still going. So yeah. I thought it would have been churlish to have extended it by two or three days by being cheap and... Uh, and tawdry and putting a second class I don't like people who send stuff with second class stamps you know well Mike we'll catch up with you next week look after yourself thanks very much thank you very much keep up the good work fellas it's for the nation the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport I'm just in running repairs I'm just showing Andy my headphones have broken the little soft bit over one ear has just uh, fallen off so I'm rushing for the super glue uh, to try and get it fixed. Yeah, anyway, um, we were going to leave you uh, shortly. Hmm. Anyway, I'm just showing Andy uh, what's left of uh, the bit that's come off. Look at that. Look, they've fallen apart. Anyway, um, we're going to head back yeah. to Russia, Kaliningrad, uh, and the 2018 World Cup. It was our final day at the World Cup. It was the day after England's uh, defeat to Belgium. And this is how it all unfolded. Right, I'm going to go and get the super glue now. <laughs> Oh, good morning, Paul. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I, I do good ap- morning. I'm already apologising for today's show because I have to confess, after 18 days of travelling, staying in various hotels of varying quality, yeah. I finally cracked. The, the nav- navigator has finally <laughs> cracked you. It's broken me, the navigator. It was the rice pudding rather than porridge that you got for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, true. And the platter of cooked meats. <laughs> you told me that Andy lost the plot. I picked up a bit of salami and he said, that's death. That's the worst thing you can ever eat. That's, that'll kill you. One slice of salami. It's a bloke had two burgers. It was like Elvis. At one at 11 o'clock at night, two burgers in one day. And I have one slice of salami. We caught up with Martin uh, uh, Tyler. Mm. Um, and uh, we had, you'll hear what his take on the game. It we was, spoke to him a little bit last night. It was a great well. moment, though. We, we were chatting to Martin, and yeah. we introduced uh, Martin to David Walker, our head of football, yeah. and then we introduced him to John Cadigan, our producer. Yeah. And for some reason, well, uh, John curtsied to Martin. <laughs> he, it was he, like Theresa May, was front of a re- member of the royal it was family. really what, odd. Well, actually, what happened was his bag slipped off his shoulder. Yeah. So as he tried to adjust it, his knee bent, and he <laughs> genuflected slightly. Yeah. I mean, I know Martin is the voice. <laughs> yeah. He is the king of commentators, Honestly, but no, I, don't, I, don't think, he, I think a curtsy felt a bit much. He really. does it all the time. He saw Clive Tilsley flung himself <laughs> yeah, to his yeah, feet, yeah, like that's kissing right. them. That's right. He was, his old head was going back and forth. So uh, when he meets, uh, he wants to be a commentator. When he meets the guys, he gets a bit <laughs> emotional. Right. I can very, understand very that. Very true. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of an eggy moment, wasn't it? Was it? Was it, was like, it wasn't. It not been made a bit too much of it. Really, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. It was good, though. Uh, so everything must go today, uh, Andy. And so we'll be uh, running through some of the stuff that we haven't got round to just yet in Russia. We'll have a bit more England chat. We're going to catch up with Nigel Adley. Uh, I haven't finished with the Navigator Hotel yet. Okay, blimey, okay. Well, <laughs> Wait for them. I, I would take to TripAdvisor. That <laughs> yeah. may be the best forum. No, 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 they're getting it on air. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've had to suffer. You will too. The curtains. Now, let's just say, I opened the curtains this morning in the room, having woken up, and there was no discernible difference in the amount of light in the room. We've decided what they're, basically, they're, made, they're gossamer. They're weighed from the, either the wings of a moth, or every time Tilda Swinton exfoliates, they put it all together. It's, yeah. it's like a 
layer of Tilda Swinton's skin, basically, <laughs> yeah. uh, which covers the windows and keeps out the glaring sunlight. Our producer, we didn't get it. Our producer was woken up by uh, the Russian in-betweeners <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning who made a lot of noise at the... I mean, it, it was... We got back to the hotel last night. We'd not had a chance to eat anything after the game. We had a quick pint and got back to the hotel. A bit, a bit knackered, sort of half past 12. But the garage next door is open. <laughs> I was fully expecting to find Alan Partridge's mate there, you know. Oh, Mr. Jacobs! <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we end up buying a couple of chocolate bars and some water in the local garage. It's all, it's all glamour on this tour, mate, oh, it I is. tell you. But when Dave came here in, in April to recce all the places we were yeah. staying, they wouldn't let him see yeah. the room. Now I we think know that why. should have told him something. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. F- an official, I, an official FIFA say? hotel, ladies and gentlemen. No, I just want to say this. I've stayed in B&Bs in Fife with sticky carpets. Yeah, I've stayed in but a I've one... never been to me. I believe that's the next line of the song. <laughs> no, I've stayed in a one-star hotel in York with a TV hanging off the wall. Yeah. But the Navigator at Kaliningrad it's quite simply the worst hotel I've ever stayed in in my life. Okay. It makes the one in St. Petersburg look like the Savoy. Well, there we are. Uh, they're told. Do you think I've done them? I think, you, well, I don't know. The people may just want to check it out now. They may be intrigued. They can't believe it. <laughs> now, uh, yesterday, after the show, mm-hmm. um, I suggested a restaurant that I'd scouted on TripAdvisor. So it was about a 45-minute walk. Yeah. And as usual after the show, Paul was dying for a beer. Well, look, just a swift half. You know, I've, I've worked. I've, I've, done, I've done the show. Why not? Let <laughs> a half in your life, mate. Yeah. And uh, not too keen to spend a fortune, are you? You don't really like. Because, well, no. because of the boys, you yeah. don't want you don't want them to. I understand. The boys why. here are here on, on yeah, their yeah. expenses, and I don't want. You yeah. know, we, we you're, very, you're very kind. You, know, you, always, you can't you go always. to La Gavroche. No, because you, you know we're all on a you know, budget. You're, you're a very nice man, and you always think about other people, unlike <laughs> myself. And uh, I was getting a lot of stick, and yeah. uh, you were saying, "Oh." God, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be 25 quid ravioli and all this stuff. And in the end, by the time we were walking, it was so long. I was offering to pay for the entire meal. I couldn't stand it. I thought, I don't care. Even if it comes to 200 quid, I'm paying the price. And we arrived at this very plush place, only to find they didn't serve beer. They didn't serve. They didn't sell beer. The only restaurant on earth that doesn't sell. Only wine, which is what you need when you're parched after a 45-minute walk in the heat. And then when the menu turns up, and it, the, to be fair, there were some pretty pricey items on the yeah. menu, I'm thinking. Oh, we my. didn't have the sealacanth, did we? That, <laughs> no. they had that, on. that was about 12 grand. And the feeling of trepidation was not relieved when the waitress insisted on memorising our order. Yeah. Uh, but to be fair, she... That's got, a thing here. Yeah. We've noticed that in two of the nicer restaurants we've gone to. We've only been to two half-decent restaurants, really. It's generally been burgers and chips. But uh, the two we've went... They, they, they see it as some kind of badge of honour that they can remember everything you've ordered. And fair play to them. Both of them got it absolutely right. She was know? brilliant. She's sitting in for me next week on Don't Ask Me. <laughs> She's sensational. She would be very good. Yeah. And uh, thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness. It was a delicious meal. Oh, it was very good. In a beautiful uh, surroundings by the river. We did have a lot of England fans walking by. Yeah, love giving us the old Nest Cafe handshake, <laughs> thinking, sitting in our thrones. I was thinking, all right, I don't care. I'm in an air-conditioned, beautiful restaurant having a fabulous meal. You go and have a beer, yeah. mate. And he doesn't care. <laughs> he feels he's to the manner born, basically. I said to you, this is the perfect place for a romantic riverside dinner with your wife yeah to which you replied i'm not with my wife i'm not with my wife i'm with you three herberts and uh, actually it was about 20 odd quid each it was and brilliant the food was sensational so andy i do take that back but uh, that moment when she says no no beer <laughs> my face I grab you by the throat <laughs> mate, I was. that's when i nearly broke <laughs> i know we so enjoyed the food here john and i are opening a restaurant when we get home yeah. it's mainly serving sausages and spaghetti carbonara because that's all we've eaten, really. He's eaten more sausages than I've ever yeah. seen a uh, human being. He's going to get a job in a Punch and Judy show. <laughs> I think he'll be fantastic. And uh, talking of uh, John, he's, uh, he had a high-five amnesty. Oh, you may remember earlier. Did he? Tour, I thought yes. he, was, he seemed to be blanking all those kid volunteers well, you said it was an amnesty. Is that what you meant? 
He meant he wasn't going to oh, do it. Oh, he wasn't going to do it. Okay, oh, I yeah. thought he'd had an amnesty from not doing it. <laughs> well, I don't know. He just kind of looks down. He's so British. He looks like he, he should definitely get a job in the foreign office or something working here. Because all these kids are coming up going, hey. And he just looks down at his shoes. No, no, no. I'm not high-fiving anybody. We were good, uh, David, you and myself. We we went in with I had to butt out of them because one bloke really hurt my wrist. I could have it strapped up. It's about a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> I had to have it strapped up after the match. You're going to sue, are you? Uh, we still haven't tried Baltica beer. Uh, yeah. One to nine. In- Apparently. Well, we should do in Kaliningrad because Baltica are the team here in that's Kaliningrad, right. and that's the local beer. That's the you know, that's your local carling situation, as Glenn would call According, it. According uh, to Arthur, our fixer, the one who actually stays with us, supposed to go on holiday, try to kill us and only be here for one night. <laughs> <laughs> We've got oh, and he's made friends all over <laughs> Russia. <laughs> is uh, apparently the best one is a Len Goodman seven. Is that, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Now he's, that's he said right. it like that. Baltica, he, he, he knows it, Len Goodman. It's it's a bit like Metaxa <laughs> that you go through the card. You start off uh, the, the, as Al Murray would call the cooking lager that's number one and then you work you up to 10 which you drink on a park bench in your underpants so we think a bit like the metaxa situation i've become very glenn hoddle uh, you get the sort of about six or seven yeah. is is the kind of thing that we're going to give it a try there aren't we to go try the local brew we've been doing alan wickers all over the place yeah, we? and he walks around with our producer john who's basically him in poor soul in about 40 years time and uh, we we've we walked past we drove past tgi fridays a branch of them and uh, alan was there and he was doing one of his pieces yeah. camera and he went, Trevor George Ivan Friday used to be a London taxi driver until he arrived in Moscow and no one ate on a Friday. Now he's Russia's richest man. <laughs> he, he invited me aboard his 29 million foot yacht to count his money, etc., yeah. etc. Et you've been doing that and I've been wandering down uh, doing the same things, but as John Arlott. TGI Friday. What happened? <laughs> Walked up with Dennis Compton and scored two hundred. Yeah, we did all that. That's yeah. what you do in Russia. I know. Uh, well, that's what we do to when you're working ourselves. at the football. Yeah, just <laughs> going do lally basically. Well, there we are. That was uh, that was uh, Russia and the World Cup mm. as it unfolded. We'll have we'll have something for something else for you along the way. Uh, and uh, I think we're going to play you at some point. We've got a few old clips. We're going to have a bit of a random clips generator. And we may give you. A uh, few of those. Not all the old classics here at Christmas, but uh, we've got some other stuff planned. But anyway, uh, more on that at a later date. So um, we're going to be chatting to uh, Lee Price from Paddy Power. He may have uh, something of interest for you, something uh, that they could be sending out. We're going to be looking back on a famous moment in football, and uh, he'll be explaining why actually featuring uh, a talk sport regular, uh, that one as well. Did that take you back, Andy, Kaliningrad? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was really fun. And uh, one, one thing I wouldn't like to have heard is uh, Rugby League man's lot. Uh, he made an appearance on the last day of our trip, didn't he? In, All right, in didn't he? <laughs> And I remember him being in the other part of the pub. Do you remember when he was, you could hear him shouting, oh, doing yeah. Rugby League man? That rings it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very funny, yeah. So we'll catch up with uh, Lee Price. Some, yeah. Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, I just remember meeting some really nice England fans. The England fans don't always get the, the best reputation, but the ones we met out in Russia were great. And I remember particularly a bunch in that pub in Kaliningrad were, were good lads. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. And we've been checking on with friends of the show uh, in lockdown and joining us now, very pleased to say that he's been very active, keeping himself busy uh, on social media. With some fine impressions. It is Luke Kempner. Luke, good afternoon. Hello, hello. How are we? How are we? Yeah, we're not too bad. Yeah, I've, just, good. <laughs> I've been enjoying your work, Luke. I must say, you've been doing oh. some top stuff. It's been a good, I mean, creatively. I mean, I know it's the frustration of not being able to gig, and, and obviously that hits you in the pocket along with every yeah, other comedian. Yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, you've, I think you've embraced what you've been able to do on social media, it's, and you've been reacting to stuff that's been going on in the news, haven't you, of course? Yeah, well, of course, you know, the thing is, is that it's been really interesting seeing that there's sort of so many stories that everyone seems to know about. And mm. it's sort of that thing of like, you know, like obviously everyone's, you know, watching Boris, you know, and seeing him kind of try to bumble along, you know, and make sense of it all. You know, I don't I don't know about you, but I, you know, I, I'm not quite sure exactly what he's trying to 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 do, you know, uh, and, uh, you know and, and I, I listen to talkers, sporters every day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it makes just as much sense. Uh, as me <laughs> you've uh, you've been putting people again you, there was some nice you did a lovely one with Piers Morgan I've not really people do Piers Morgan before and well I, it, it, yeah it's one it's one I've been working on for a little while because I'm doing a, a show that I, I can't talk about later in the year but you might be able to work it out um yeah. and um and we're working on lots of new voices and and the thing is with Piers is, oh, is I've these worked voices. it out <laughs> he, you know he's got these, he's got this great tape but he, you know he just tries to call people out you know, and it, you know, and I listen to talk sport, and you seem to talk a lot of flannel. 
You know, and you can spin it any way you like. It's brilliant. But it, you know, the only way you like, but it's nice to hear from Hawksby and Jacobs. But, you know, I'll tell you something, that the people can now like me again. You know, but the trouble is with peers is, is that when you sort of do that, you get to this sort of, you know, people can like me. And then I end up, end up sort of, I can hear lots of Josh Widdicombe in there. Yeah. So you sort of get that, you know, people can like me and they sort of end up talking like Josh Widdicombe, you know, out of something in the last leg. <laughs> I can hear as well. That's got a, that. We often say that impressions. We talk to impressions and about two impressionists about this. And it's like if the base of your pizza is your cheese and tomato, there's yes, often a base yes. of an impression. We talked to Phil Cornwell about this. He does a fantastic Martin Yole, but the base of the oh, Martin yeah. Yole is very much Tommy Cooper. Whereas I could hear, <laughs> I could hear the base of of um, of, of Piers Morgan there had yeah. a bit of big had a bit of biggins in it. Well, that's the thing, you know. You, you know, I, I'd quite like it if I talked to Biggins because he does talk a lot of flannel, and you know, well, that's very nice of you, Piers. You know, because of course <laughs> I always, you know, I tell you the thing I'm worried about the most is the panda is going to be closed because you know that seems to be my biggest month of the year. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I, uh, Luke, I was listening to Jim White the other day. And I swear this is true. I'm not just saying it. Yeah. And he had Arsene Wenger on, and it took me about five minutes. I was listening to it. Thinking, no, he's going to come on and say, no, it's Luke Kempner. Honestly, I thought it was you. It's just, there's just no difference at all. Well, of course, you know, I miss him very much. It's two years to the day that I left Arsenal Football Club. But unfortunately, uh, they misunderstood me because I did not want to resign. I said I wanted to resign, but people did not understand me. <laughs> but uh, look, I, I wanted to tell you something. I've been keeping very busy during lockdown, I must say. And uh, look, I've been baking um, some cakes. Yes, but uh, I do not have any eggs in them. I have no eggs in them because I don't like to crush eggs. I like to leave them unbeaten. (laughs) (laughs) Take that that Liverpool football club, unbeaten. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, also, I saw that uh, you had. Uh, it must be nice to to get a, a pat on the back from impressionists. Uh, your kind of your peers, if you like, not peers Morgan, yes. obviously. Okay. Uh, Rory Bremner watched something yeah. you did and said, "This is so good, technically and performance-wise. Fabulous harmonies. He's good. That Luke Kempton. It is very good. You did Gary Ooh, Barlow again nice from company. lockdown. Gary Barlow yes. has been doing these little sing-alongs with pop stars, but you did Gary singing with Gary, didn't you?" Yeah, Gary, well, you know, it was very nice to do, Gary, and I'm always joined by my favourite person in the world. It's uh, it's Gary Barlow. Hello, Gary. Hello, Gary. You're right, Gary. Well, Gary. And, uh, you know, and I like, he called it the crooner session. So I was like, welcome to my corona session. Sorry, crooner session. My crooner session. <laughs> uh, but no, like, you know, uh, Rory um, uh, doing that message was like amazing. And it's, it's like mm. when you, you phone something, you look at your phone and like Rory Bremner said something like that. It's such a an amazing feeling and we often um we worked together a couple of years ago and we often text each other during the cricket um because we're both uh, both big cricket fans and uh and, and yeah he's just uh, he's just such a such a top guy and it has always been so giving to me so yeah big 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 love to rory yeah absolutely 
Yeah, it's funny you should mention cricket there because uh, you're all talking about uh, impersonations having a base. He says, all mine have a John Harlett base. Everything Basically, sounds like John Harlett. Doesn't matter who he's doing. He could be <laughs> doing big ins and it'd still have a John Harlett base. The worst kind Hello, of pizza. I do love a bit of panto. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no, he isn't. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> I've actually, uh, like, you know, sort of what I've been trying to do to keep myself busy in my downtime is I've got this cricket game called Ashes Cricket 19 yeah. on the PlayStation. And I play full test matches and commentate to myself. And yeah. so, and I, I start, I always, you know, I always start with a bit of baggers. Uh, very good morning to you. And uh, got wonderful listen to, uh, we've got lovely Jeffrey here. Good morning, Jeffrey. Well, it's a very good morning to you indeed. And we're going to be playing some cricket today. We've got Luke Kepner in Tibet and he's been working on his straight drive. And, and it's, and honestly, I have, and, and then I, I, what I do is I screenshot the results of the day and I send them to uh, Tom Rosenthal. Yeah. And, and he always texts it. He sounds like he's very interested in what's happening each day. But listen, guys, it was a very tense, uh, tense match the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Good. Stuff. Sounds like the sort of thing I used to do when I was a kid, really, do all the yeah. Greek commentators. Uh, but that's, I suppose, how you start, isn't it? I imagine that's how you started. Yeah, of course. And, you know, and obviously when you get those extreme ones, and it's been nice, like revisiting 2005 because Test Match Special have had blowers back on. And, you know, and hearing such a wonderful voice as blowers, dear old thing. And there's so much to it. So, <laughs> so lovely to hear. Hello, Agnes. Morning, Jeffrey. And, it's, you know, when you get a voice like that, you know, that is absolute dream. Yeah, absolutely. He's um, he's been sort of travel. He's doing that show, isn't he? The kind of he travels. He's been around yeah. India with other celebrities. He's been doing that, hasn't he? That's right. Oh, I've not seen it. I mean, I oh saw yeah, him. yeah, yeah. He's he's on the box at the moment. He's now he's retired oh, from. Oh, so thing. And uh, I like it. I, I think he does lots of sort of uh, anecdotal cricket uh, tour shows as well, but which I must see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to hear him again. Nice to go back and look at two thousand and five as well. What a test match. Yeah, absolutely. I, the only the thing that, I mean, I shouldn't really plug something on the BBC Sounds app, really, but I was That's listening lovely. to Rory, Rory Bremner doing 40 years of Test Match Special. I think it's an old program, maybe yes. from about yes. 10, 15 years ago. And it's fascinating. It is a really, if you like cricket and you're not that aware of it, it's an interesting thing to catch up with about the way cricket was covered and how they did it. And, of course, it's got some great moments, the Johnners. Uh, do stop it, Aggers. I don't care who you are. It's really impossible to listen to that and not <laughs> laugh. You great. just can't help yourself, can you? It's yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. Do stop it, Aggers. Is it getting, getting, uh, getting your leg over? <laughs> that was it, yeah, infamously, yeah. yeah. You, you've been doing yeah, some but gigs. the interesting well. thing was – Sorry, yeah. Andy. What you going to no, say, just Andy? to say, it, what came in that program, interestingly enough, is that Brian Johnson hated it. He hated it. He went home that night thinking he'd done something wrong. And then oh. only the next day when they said to him, no, people loved it. They loved it. And then he sort of realised it was great. It was fun. early viral, it, oh, wasn't it? I mean, it was, a, it was yeah. a kind of audio viral. It just went bonkers, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's such. Yeah. A, I'm actually going to go and listen to that again after yeah. we get off the phone. <laughs> it's so joyful. You've been doing some gigs as well, Luke. I see, uh, uh, kind yeah. of online gigs. I know a lot of comedians have been doing this. How how they've been going? Well, well, do you know what? That when when we first started doing these online gigs at the beginning of lockdown, it was it was difficult because you know you couldn't hear the audience back, and you know, look, it, I, I'm I'm used to playing to no laughs, guys. But you know, <laughs> when you're online and you're hoping to get a little bit more back, and um, but then now what they've started doing is they have a sort of front row, and you can hear those people laughing. And I'm doing a brilliant gig tomorrow for a brilliant charity that I work for a lot. Um, called Copperfield and uh, you know it's got like Russell Kane and Susie Ruffle and Rosie Jones and honestly they're working really 
well, you know, I'm never going to have to leave the house again. <laughs> do, you, do you get heckled by the front row? Do you get, they, they, <laughs> no, they I think, uh, uh, the only sort of heckling you get is like someone's wife cooking in the background or something. <laughs> and how, it's on a serious note. Yeah, how have how have you how have you found it? Is it you and the missus at home? Is it the two of you? Yeah, yeah, you and uh, me and the missus. I mean, we think you know, there's no testing, but we think we sort of had it early doors and had oh, okay. all the, you know, the no no taste, no sense of taste, no sense of smell. Although, as, as my friends have reminded me, I've never had any taste. But um, <laughs> but you know, and things you know, and sort of had the backache and the chesty, so the dry cough, and laid in bed for a, a week, and that was pretty horrible. But after that. Um, you know, look, I've just tried to sort of, uh, you know, concentrate on what I'm doing. And I'm doing a new animation series for Netflix um, that comes out in a couple of weeks, a kid series. Um, so I've been able to record that from home and, and just trying to keep as busy as possible, keep writing. You know, the gig's being cancelled, Edinburgh being cancelled, my tour being cancelled was all wow. very tough to take. But you have to just, um, you know, sort of think I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in a terrible position and, and just, uh, you know, to keep going. Absolutely. Do the kids does the kids series have like some of your favourites like Uncle Arson and all this? Have you had kind of a different voice? <laughs> no, but do you know do you know what? Like, because basically, I play this monkey called Chico Bonbon, and uh, and that you know that voice is actually very very high. It's up there, and it's it actually sounds like my best mate, much to his annoyance. But, um, but then they have one character in there that they were like, oh, we need this one other character. Would you mind like doing it? And uh, and I just started doing it as Liam Gallagher. It's like, yeah, proper all right, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll try that. You know, like, I'm mad for it, I'm mad up for it, and that. And uh, so there is a character. If you do watch the series, Chico Bonbon, Monkey with a Toolbag, I think it comes out in about a week's time. There is one character that has about eight lines in one episode, and it is very much Liam Gallagher. Oh, good stuff. Excellent. Well, we look <laughs> out good. for that. So, well, all look, right, Luke, all right. lovely to talk to you, and uh, keep safe, <laughs> and, we, and we will catch up with you soon. And, uh, yeah, keep, keep up the good work on social media. We're enjoying what you're doing. Thank you very much and very, very nice to speak to you as well. I must say goodbye. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. I've spent this whole show um, talking to him on House Party as Harry Worth, the old comedian. You may remember you only ever, there was a little sketch at Harry Worth would do. You only, kids, you only ever saw half his face. So I've just basically seen that. Uh, Andy, just basically half his face for the whole show, but uh, he'll master it in the end. I think he's had a few technical issues. That's very harsh. Yeah, you're what you're that. seeing is not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing myself in a normal position. Okay, right. I'm seeing you perfectly now, so it allows us to wave at each other when we want to speak or do things. But before, I was struggling. <laughs> okay. couldn't even see your mouth moving. That's when I'm not seeing a, picture, a massive picture of a mug. Uh, <laughs> so, Andy, we're going to bring you. Uh, going to bring you striker very yes. shortly. Uh, anything else you've noticed in the last twenty-four hours you want to bring to the attention of the nation? I, I don't know why I am interested. Maybe we could speak to, to to an expert about this. But there was photos in the paper this morning of them hmm. spraying the ball and spraying the boots. This is at Levant, or Levante rather, yeah. in Spain, in La Liga, and spraying it with disinfectant. Anything. Does that, is that really going to work? Does that actually, is there any purpose in that? I mean, surely the, once the ball rolls on the ground, all the disinfectant is going to come off it. If somebody takes a throw on, they, you know, I can't see how that, I couldn't see the point of that and how it would work. But I mean, we're going to get used to all that stuff. But, yeah, it does feel uh, a bit placebo. I, I'd give you that. I mean, I'm sure there is science behind it, but it does feel at the moment it's the sort of thing you, you feel like you should be doing and it not necessarily uh, making a lot of difference. I'll just say very quickly, Annie, I watched last night. I do recommend it. Um, return to Rail Kashmir. We spoke to Davy Robinson, the former Aberdeen and Rangers, Leeds and Scotland player yesterday about uh, his time in Kashmir. It was a fine documentary uh, that went out last year of, uh, when he went off to manage uh, in India. 
and he took the team up, got them into the uh, top division, did a very good job. And this was um, the return, and it kind of came at a, a difficult political time in that region and heightened tensions, which meant a lot of the players weren't together. And uh, if you watch the first one, you'll know, as we said to Davey yesterday, an incredibly sweary man. And there is, and if you're a fan of swearing, I mean, other kids, I know it's not big and it's not clever, but uh, sometimes, as Chubby Brown often says, the rhythm of of swearing is all important. There is a scene in the back of a of a um, car, four wheel drive, as they head up uh, a mountain in altitude, where he's being buffeted about with his son in the back of the car. And uh, David goes through some of the most spectacular swearing I think I've ever seen on, on national TV. It's, it's, it's like an art form. Grayson Perry should film it and then put it in the in the Royal Academy exhibition. But um, so don't watch it with the kids. Got, obviously, it's got very good reviews. Yeah, it's very good. It's it was on BBC Scotland. Mm. You'll be able to find it on the iPlayer. Return to Rail Kashmir and Callum Higginbottom's in it. But fans of Scottish football and lower league football here, I think you forgive me for saying a journeyman pro. But he made the point in it, Andy, that he was making more with this mm. visit to to the Indian League than he'd certainly be making in Scotland so uh, he features uh, in it as well but uh, yeah and the scenery some of the sort of Tibetan part of Kashmir it just looks absolutely beautiful fantastically shot beautiful. so not, not a great place to go as you said yeah no. but, yeah interesting now <clears throat> we all love uh, Captain Tom Moore don't we we love him he's done a fantastic job but yeah. now he's become an instrument to beat other people over the head with now, so Ian Lewis wrote to uh, the Sun today saying with people like Captain Moore doing so much to keep us going it's nice to know Colleen Rooney and Becky Vardy uh, still not talking after their pathetic Instagram spat and you think what's one thing got to do with the other really. absolutely nothing it's not at all. fair to it's not fair to use this great man this great virtuous man to have yeah. a go at these two people who probably should sort this out but you know i don't really see the connection but there we go uh, i don't know i can't see Lewis i can't see did. i can't see captain tom posting out uh, a lot of my uh, personal stories are appearing online and it's dot 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 Vera Lynn. It's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. Not going to happen. happen. No. Not going to happen. Anyway, um, time Definitely then for not. Steve Bruce's murder mystery, and uh, this yeah, is uh, the book he wrote. One of three books he wrote back in the late nineties. Steve uh, Bruce, the of course the Newcastle manager, about Steve Barnes, the Leddesford town boss, and uh, once again he's been accused of murder. Basically, um, the police think he's done it. Uh, he's got a match to look ahead to. He's got so much going on in his mind. And so let's pick up where we left off uh, yesterday with uh, Steve Bruce's murder mystery, uh, Striker. Clearly, Jimmy Lawson had decided I was now a back number, that my managerial days were as good as over. Under Eddie Carberry, he was likely to be assured of a regular place on the team sheet. I'd brought in Pat Duffy and a youngster with Pat's skills threatened someone like Jimmy Lawson, who was an artisan and never an artist. Thanks for waiting, lads, I told them. Thanks a lot. They turned, Martin with a worried look on his face, but Jimmy with pleasure. Pleasure, no doubt, at my discomfiture. Well, he was wrong. I wasn't defeated yet, nor was I about to be. I'd determined to be the means of my own salvation, but I was no detective. I was not Sherlock Holmes. Thinking of the great fictional detective, so well does the author do his job that many people believe Sherlock Holmes was a real person. I remembered a story we'd read at school. I've told you about my inspirational teacher of English, haven't I? 
In the final couple of years of the GCSE course, we studied Romeo and Juliet. I found Shakespeare's use of language tough going. And William Golding's The Lord of the Flies. This is a novel about the force of evil within human nature and how we all need rules and regulations to keep us from behaving like animals. We also read a story by Arthur Conan Doyle called The Silver Blaze. Sherlock Holmes mentions a dog that did not bark in the night. He concludes that the person who had entered the house mysteriously must be someone known to the dog. That's it, I said aloud. Pat Duffy probably knew the person who had knifed him. He had trusted that person, turned his back to him, or to her. Trusted them not to kill him, that is. There may have been an argument first, but Duffy knew his killer. Unfortunately, he'd not lived to tell me the name of that person. I was assuming that I'd been first to find the body. There we are. We're brilliantly seduced, not seduced, did he? deduced should i say by well, steve well i'm not there. sure it is really i mean how does he work how does he work that out duffy had his back he knew the person but he had his back turned why would you do that oh hi john how are you doing i'm just going to turn my back on you while you stab me i don't think that's rubbish well, let's not it? let's not dig Although, too deeply eh <laughs> i do like i can't tell now with the way dan's reading it, if he's ad-libbing or not no i just get off and <laughs> I've been following. I've got a, I've got a hard copy of the book here, Andy, as as you will. And I've been. I, I did a read along then. I did a read along <laughs> with dance. Yeah, every word was true. William Golding and all that right. stuff. So anyway, uh, talking okay. to dance, he's doing a fine podcast in lockdown. We're talking to uh, Luke Kemper about being creative in lockdown. And uh, dance, apart from doing striker for us, uh, as Steve Bruce brilliantly has embraced this, and he brings out a fresh uh, Barmy Old podcast every Monday. Uh, episode eight is out now. We thought we'd give you a little flavour of it. Um, he's, he does a fine um, Arthur Lowe, uh, of, of course, of Dad's Army uh, and of uh, the Mister Man tales. And uh, this week he gave us a new Mister Man. So have a listen to a bit of this. Mr Premier League Chairman turned off the news item detailing the proposed restart of the football season and put his head in his hands. The omens weren't good. His team were in the bottom three and he was worried. In fact, he was so worried he'd actually lost weight and his trousers were too big for him and kept falling down. So, do you know what Mr Premier League Chairman did? He put a belt on his trousers and you'll never guess what happened. Yes, you're right, they stayed up. That's a good omen, thought Mr. Premier League Chairman. <laughs> there we are. Just a little flavour of his new, his new... He does have an incredible Ozzy Osbourne, to the point where I thought it was Ozzy Osbourne. But anyway, go and check it out. Barmy Old Podcast, wherever you get podcasts with Ian Danter. And more from Striker tomorrow. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Time then to tell you what's worth watching on TV tonight in the company of the stars. Very own Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, guys. We're going to reflect on Millionaire last night. I, mm. I, funny enough, I just I was watching the last dance, and just as it uh, the, the episode finished, I turned over just to see the contestant uh, come on, who was going for a million, because I'd yeah. seen a picture of him in the papers yeah. uh, earlier on. It, and uh, it's, I was saying to Ali Ross, funny enough, it's still got the it's still got a lot of power that show. When when someone's going for big money, um, it's still a brilliant format. It is a brilliant format, and also it's uh, interesting that um, Jeremy Clarkson really, really was excited. I mean, he's an awful lot of, you know, uh, slightly fakery you get in game shows all the time, and people sort of, you know, bigging it up beyond what it possibly merits. But he seemed really, really thrilled about the whole thing, and, you know, the guy did really well, and was really 
very pleased for him. But yeah, I don't think I'd have taken a risk on that final question. Um, Andy, I can ask Andy the question. Actually, did you see oh, yeah. it, by the way, or did you have you looked at the question? No, I didn't bother. There's no point. He's either going to get it or he doesn't. I'm not going to sit and watch the whole thing just to see him yeah. get to there. I thought I'd read about it in the paper the next day. But it sounds quite exciting. Well, um, I'll give you the question because um, the question was for a million quid. Um, in the history of motorsport, which of these iconic races was held first? Was it A, Le Mans 24-hour, B, Monaco Grand Prix, C, Indy 500, D, Isle of Man TT? What might that was obviously gone? the Isle of Man TT. Do you know what? I thought that as well. Is it obvious? Why, well, well I, I would have. I mean, if I was, if I had a million quid on the line, Andy, right. I think you'd be the same. You maybe wouldn't be uh, the chance of losing sort of 800 and whatever Andy, it was. Andy, are you, are you saying that because you just knew that was the answer having read, read the story? I'm assuming <laughs> well, you Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Are you cheating? Well, you cheating. Well, not cheating. I read it this well, morning. No, no, oh, no. okay. I thought you knew. But I thought I'd let myself seem more intelligent than I actually yeah. am for a change. But, I don't know about you. That's the one I would have gone with. I thought it probably. I yeah, thought it was logically. Le Mans Twenty Four or Isle of Man TT. The the sad thing was, Mike, is that the one person in that studio who probably would have known it was Jeremy Clarkson. Yes, well, exactly. And he'd already exactly. asked him. He did actually win him some money earlier on, didn't he? On a, on a kind of geography question. But I mean, I, I'm surprised even Clarkson didn't say. You know, it's a shame he didn't ask the host. He didn't save it for the million quid because he could have helped him. He could he? have said that, but would have sort of been rubbing salt in, into the wound a wee bit, I guess, if he'd sort of said, oh, do you know what? Yeah. I knew that one. Oh, you idiot. But, uh, you know, I think he, I think the guy had a hunch, but you're not going to you know, act on a hunch with that sort of money. Uh, and um, I, I must admit, I, I know nothing about motorsport, so I, I, I don't know why, if that is an obvious answer, which I know Andy was slightly faking that, but uh, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know fake, why it's the obvious answer. If we put a chariot race among the choices, I might have, you know, uh, sort of figured it out, but, you know. But, if it was for a grand or something, I, it's the sort of one you think, oh, I might take a punt on that. I, I would have gone Isle of Man TT, I said, or Le Mans 24, but um, I'm not, not with a million quid or 900 whatever quid riding on it, you wouldn't know. What I you do know, of course, is to Tonight's, by you know, by definition, is not going to be as exciting because we'd have known about it by now as we did, obviously, um, this time yes. yesterday with with this yeah. one. That's the downside of publicising the big money ones, isn't it? Because then you know that the following night, yeah. But I can tell you and that the, the fastest finger first, as is an yeah. exclusive for the first question, to, okay. to, is to come up with: put these words in the order they appear in a well-known phrase: mm. A. Lining, B. Cloud, C. Silver, <laughs> D. Every. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Not, not difficult, that really. You've got a few hours to think about that one. Against yeah, the clock, it's, though, it's, you know, it's yeah, slightly different. It's how quickly you can do it. Yeah. Uh, it's um, another thing I won't be watching tonight is Lucy Worsley's royal oh. photo album. Only, no, no, only because my wife said to me today, oh, I'm fed up with all these royal programs. There have been a lot of them recently, especially on Channel 5. And we've watched a lot of them, but, you know, there's only... If you've this, watched The Crown, you kind of know the story this already. This is history, though, Andy. The royal family is not just the, it's not the, the current mob. Um, it, this goes back, doesn't it? goes it? back. Uh, yeah, I, I, quite, I find I like her shows. I find them very entertaining. Actually. I think... This, well, I, I like this one. I mean, partly because... I mean, she does do a lot of this whole sort of dressing up and sort of yeah. acting out and things, and that can get a bit <laughs> wearing after a while. But yeah. I like the Playing idea... Playing the but, drums as Queen Elizabeth the first and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, get I, the idea. I, I think, in a way, <laughs> in a way you yeah. know, if you're going to put history across on TV, make it accessible, and it will, yeah. it will always divide opinion. But what this is, what's good about this one is, is that there's less of that by her standards, at least. So she does dress up as the queen at one point, to be fair. Mm. But um, and there's more about the sort of 
what photography has meant. Because you know, if you're sort of even vaguely interested in photography, you just take odd sort of snapshots on your iPhone or whatever. You kind yeah. of you know just realise how powerful it must have been when it was discovered. And the royal family, in particular Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, were the sort of the first of the royals to sort of really latch on to what this thing could do. And mm. Prince Albert had a whole bunch of. Uh, of of sort of like little collectible cards produced of his family off duty, you know the sort of thing that, that I guess in previous generations, you know, there used to be cigarette cards, didn't there, or, or cricketers or whatever, or you know, in the seventies you could collect bubblegum cards of Apollo space. It so like kids that. would do got got haven't got in the playground were yeah. Prince Albert's cards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. You could swap you could swap your Prince Albert for a couple of Queen Victorias. That's swap sorry. your Prince Albert for whatever you like. <laughs> so sorry. As soon as I began <laughs> that sentence, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You boys down in Brighton. <laughs> they're, they're, oh yeah, they're, <laughs> that's very true. They're, uh, they're guaranteed one viewer at least tonight, and that'll be Arthur Edwards, the royal photographer. He's yes, bound yeah. to be watching, isn't he? Yeah. Of course he will be. He probably took half the photo, especially the ones of Prince Albert. Sorry, sorry, Arthur. Now, uh, Blue Peter uh, is uh, is on tonight, and I know this because they they have their 39th presenter making yes. her debut. Uh, her name is uh, Waski. Uh, Mudenda, uh, 39th, uh, and it's hard. She's coming into the show in lockdown. That's I, mean, I, I, just, I didn't even know it was. I mean, I should have known it was still on. But do you ever do you ever take it in, Mike? Is it I, I must admit, I don't. But every so often, I sort of notice there's a sort of landmark moment, like a new presenter or the mm. thousandth episode or, or whatever. But I don't think I've actually watched it for. Uh, I, I, is, is Val Singleton still on there? Is she gone? <laughs> I think she's gone. <laughs> she's moved on. I, she? I, okay. I got quite irate last week when I discovered that Mary Berry has <laughs> has got a gold Blue Peter badge. Not many oh. people have got them. No, and I thought, well, you know, she only baked a few cakes. I'm not sure it's worth <laughs> it. Really. Only Andy could get things. upset about that. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, no, it doesn't do him any harm. It's, uh, <laughs> I have a badge. It did. Yeah, have a badge. It did strike me though, Mike, that be, be, being a Blue Peter presenter mm. is a bit like being a dog handler in the police, isn't it? It comes with a canine it because does. I yes. think they have to. Do they have to? They take one of the pets in. I don't know if um, yeah, Waski has to. Henry the dog. She has to look after Henry. So it I does come yeah, with well, the dog. A, yeah, there's always a dog. There is. I think the Hen, I think Henry's only been, Shep. Henry's only been around a year. I've got bad news, Andy, on, oh, on the Shep front. I better prepare you for it. Don't do it off no, air. Sadly, no longer. No, no dog lives till they're about fifty-five years old in human years. Yeah. So, uh, I'll break well, it that to tortoise you, is still going. The one that had the oh yeah, he's change. still alive. Yeah, yeah, he had the tortoise. The Fred really? became Frida. Do you remember that? It's, it was only yeah. nineteen sixty-seven or something. The like tortoise that. should write a book. <laughs> the tortoise should write a book about behind the scenes, the goings yeah. on behind the scenes, the things he's seen over <laughs> since the start of the series. So, yeah. uh, anyway, tonight. Not a horse running in the 315, but a series called Vienna Blood. So what's this about? Well, this is a crime drama. I must admit, I, I, this is a repeat, and I, I haven't actually watched this first one for about a year. I think it was on about a year ago. But it was, it, it was, it's all sort of quite intriguing and quite inventive because it's set in the early 1900s Vienna. And uh, it's about uh, a, a sort of detective, a sort of downbeat detective, who finds himself saddled with a sort of very enthusiastic young English doctor. But this doctor's been studying under Sigmund Freud, so it's all about the fact that he's, he's fascinated by um, you know the psychoanalysis etc and this is a, a time when you know the police didn't sort of consider any other elements of the crime than everything that's on face value so the psychological profiling all that kind of thing is is the kind of thing that he's going to be tr- sort of to trying to tell this cop that he should be con- taking into consideration okay. as he does his investigation so uh, sounds, yeah it's quite engaging it, it sort of yeah. rattles along quite a nice pace 
Sounds good. Uh, quick one on Code 404. Yeah. Oh, I know we have. I'm you loving do like it. Code one of your recommendations. Daniel Mays. Daniel Mays, brilliant in it. Very funny performance. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, brilliant. And this third episode. And what they're doing tonight is his character, who is the robot robot cop back from yeah. the dead, uh, is sort of suspicious that his uh, his ex, no, his wife stroke widow, yeah. uh, played by Anna Maxwell Martin, is secretly seeing someone else. He still hasn't twigged that the person she's secretly seeing his is his, his cop partner, played by Stephen Grove. So there's another sort of element to the story apart from the sort of you know the uh, the artificial intelligence thing the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport here we are that was uh, this afternoon's show thanks very much for uh, listening to the podcast today if you can join us live tomorrow from one that would be great Ivo Graham the West Ham club chef with a few recipes and it's going to be jelly deals, isn't it? <laughs> that made it sound like Ivo Graham, the West Ham club chef. Well, you know. Ivo the, Graham's not the West Ham club chef. <laughs> well, yeah, it'd be very interesting if he was. Boiled beef and carrots and all that. So, um, yeah. But if you can't, the podcast will be available uh, as this one was at around five. But uh, keep safe and thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.